Anybody excited about the word this morning? Amen. Well, I, I want to just take a moment and say Reverend Lemuel Miller. His, he is here with his wife, Davon. They're just family and Rachel and Davin. Got it. Anyway, we've been practicing his name, but I had such great fellowship with them. Before I talk about him, Devon has been, she's come and danced here. She is a professional ballerina and anointed by God and love her. And uh, Rachel's just a beauty queen in the waiting room for God. The Lord's going to fulfill all that. And this young man's going to play with the NBA. So um, we're so blessed to know that. But uh, Reverend Lemuel Miller, this is amazing. We couldn't have planned this. He was supposed to be here in August. Um, their granddaughter that's not here got COVID. And respect for us, he chose, not, you know, that it was best he didn't come. We had Chris Goins that Sunday. But it's really odd how God does this. He was our first guest speaker at Church of the Harvest, and now he will be our last at this property. Is that not crazy? And um, only God can orchestrate that. But um, he's an awesome man of God. I just want to say this quickly. He is a psalmist, a pastor, an evangelist with a prophetic anointing. He has a kingdom revelation. He's a man of the word and spirit, maybe like someone you've not encountered before. I will say this. When we needed prayer, and even now, I text Lemuel. And when Lemuel calls you and prays for you, you better watch where you are because there will be a meltdown happening, and the Spirit of the Lord moves. But he's such a mighty seasoned general. He's traveled all over the world. He sings. He plays. Wouldn't you love it if he played and maybe sang or just played? We'll see how the Lord used him. But with respect, we give the man of God honor in this house. Would you please stand and welcome Reverend Lemuel Miller. One, 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 boom. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord is good. What a, what a, what a great worship service. I brought the line of Judah with me. Can you see him? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's in me. But if the spirit of him that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you, in you, in you, in you. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which is of God, which you have of God, and you're not your own, for you're bought with a price. So I'm here today to tell you that me and my family came for one reason, and that's to lift up Jesus. Yes. He said, if I'm lifted up, I will draw yes. all men. And that what, that's what we're here for. I have so enjoyed this worship. Your former pastor, Hank, was one of my best friends in the world. Yes. And... Uh, we hunted together, we fished together, we slept together. <laughs> I have to be careful how I say that because I know how much in love with his wife he was and I know how much in love with my wife I am. We've been together now this year will be, in May will be 51 years. 
And uh, it's a miracle of God that she's put up with me that long. <laughs> I'll just be honest. And <clears throat> I'm thankful for his forgiveness. I'm thankful for, for his love. Yes. And we all need to be there. Yeah. Hallelujah. I've heard that there's a lady here this morning that 31 years ago was filled with the Holy Spirit in one of my meetings. Who is it? Chris, you're Chris's mother, right? Mother-in-law. All right, cool. All right. Well, there's still some of you here that I recognize by face and, and some by name, so I'm thankful for all of that. Uh, of course, Tim and I, we, Pastor Tim and I, um, we, have, we have been close friends as well for many years and hunted and all that stuff together and taking trips and missing trips together and and uh, Hank Davis used to want to dance so bad. But I remember him. He always said he couldn't dance. But he taught me something when I was here. He'd take the children. And back then they'd line them up. Boy, they were, they were deep. And he'd get them all holding hands. And he, during praise and worship, when the praise song was going, he'd take one step forward. Everybody lift their hand. Take two steps backward. And then they'd do it again, over and over again. So I said he was dancing, even though he thought he couldn't. He was giving it to God what he could do. And after he passed, it wasn't just but a few days I had a dream of him. And he was dancing in heaven in this beautiful room that was designed for choreography and he was dancing and doing he did nine pirouettes <laughs> now my wife's my wife's a, a ballerina and i thought it odd i said why nine and the spirit of the lord said what's your number 333 i see it everywhere i go when i Turn the phone on to see what time it is. It's 333. The night before we left to come here, I woke up at 333 in the morning. And I began to pray and release the Spirit of God. So shake my rabbi hiki. Oh, he's powerful here this morning. I've not had that happen to me in a long time. Ooh. Last time I was here, I had hair. <laughs> but I'm like Moses this morning, that 120 his eyes were not dim, nor his natural force abated. I'm still strong in the Lord. I can still do what I did when I was 33 years old. I can do some things I couldn't do when I was 33 years old. For my birthday, I did 101 Superman push-ups without stopping. Now, you may not know what a Superman push-up is, but that's when you lay flat on the floor with your arms lifted straight up above your head and didn't lift anybody up off the ground. I did it 101 times without stopping. I'm still young in the Lord. 
I feel young in the Lord. The devil plays tricks on us. Didn't know I was going to say all that. I better just shut up and sing. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to have to turn this thing on. I should know how to operate this one. I've got one like it at home. Is that too loud? I can't tell what's happening. Can we do a little old school? What is that popping? Is it the microphone? for me to play standing up. I'm one of those guys that sit down all the time. One day, one day, I was walking along, weary, tired, and sad. I found in him a resting place. He has made me No place to go. Fell on my knees, cried, Save me, please. This one thing I know. Well, I fell in love with Jesus one day. One day, one day, one day, one day. I fell in love one day. I fell in love with Jesus one day. Well, he picked me up from the miry clay, set my feet on the rock to stay. Saved my soul, made me whole, wrote my name on the heavenly road. Well, I One day, one day, one day, one day, I fell in love one day. I fell in love with my Jesus one day. Well, 
got a message I want to give you on eight barriers that may be keeping you from your healing. Some people don't receive their healing and the question is why? I want to be a spiritual scientist today and seek the Holy Ghost because he said how be it when he the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself. What does that mean? Who's truth? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So there's the truth. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus speaking of the Holy Spirit in John 16, 13 said, He'll not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, the Father say. Whatsoever he shall hear, the word of God say. That's Jesus. That shall he speak and will show you things to come. So I believe he's shown me, revealed to me through study and prayer and teachers that I glean from. Eight things that keeps us at times from receiving healing. Those are called barriers. And so I want to share with you some things, some truths. First thing you need to know is, the truth is, <laughs> healing is in the atonement. There's a lot of churches don't believe that nowadays. Say the days of healing and miracles are over, but not so here. Not in this house. Not in this house. So I know where I am. First Peter 2.24 said, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. Okay, you understand what he's saying. It's Jesus who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. He took our sin. Now listen to what else he said. Not only did he take our sins so we could have salvation and live eternally, but he said... And with his stripes, by his stripes, we were healed. Past tense mean it's already provided. It's Jesus has done his part. Jesus doesn't have to heal you. He's already healed you. So why is it that some folks 
don't receive their healing. I've prayed for that that multiplied thousands of people in my lifetime for healing. I've seen some of the greatest miracles. I've seen the dead raised to life now six times. One was dead 15 minutes. Another was dead over a day, which was a baby in the womb. And they begged the mother to let them abort the baby. And she said, no, I'm going to sleep and believe God. She went to sleep that night. She called on us to pray in church. I had the church pray. We had lots of people praying. It wasn't just me. I got sense enough to know it's never about me. It's the healing power within us. Jesus. And he's already provided it, so I claimed it. I declared it. I believed it. They did as well. We agreed in prayer. The next morning, there's a strong heartbeat, and now today that little girl's 13 years old. So why is it that some don't receive their healing? I've prayed for some. My own family members that didn't receive their healing. Just got word yesterday, a cousin of mine who's had a long battle, passed away. I prayed hard for her. I prayed every prayer I know to pray. I can't answer the questions. I don't have the answers to that. But God gave me a scripture, Sister Rhonda, and uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29. And that verse, verse of scripture says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Secret things. Notice there's a, Something there he said, there's secret things. And those things he's not telling. But the things revealed, he said, I reveal them. They're revealed to us and our children forever. So those things he reveals, that means we get revelation of it. We have revelation of it, then we have the opportunity to possess it. If we possess it, then we can give it away. And so when we give it away, we give it to us. We give it to ourselves. We give it to our children and our children's children. And I'm able to give it the harvest today. The things revealed. What has he revealed? One of the things is healing still for today. Hallelujah. So I can't explain all the questions, but let me hurry through because eight barriers might take a little time. And... uh, so let's go quickly and take good notes so that you can preach this and teach this to others as you go. First barrier is not knowing the will of God. A lot of people are praying, if it be thy will, Lord. He never said pray that. He said pray according to his will. Big difference. So what is his will? What do you see Jesus doing? Acts ten thirty eight says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He just give you a clue who's, a char- who's in charge of the sickness and the, d- the disease. It's the devil. It's never God. John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, I'm already off my notes, but I'm just going to fly by the seat of the Holy Ghost. Or let's say the wings of the Holy Ghost in the, in the name of Jesus. So uh, 
if he, he gives us an example of who brings sickness and disease, this is an earth-cursed world, folks. There's lots of sickness and disease, especially since 2020. And I hate that. I hate sickness with a passion. I hate to see people suffering. It just drives me. Uh, it, it wears me out at times because I want, I want them all to be healed. He healed them all. And he said, greater things shall you do than this. So I, I've got the ability. I've got to, and he, and he commissioned me to heal. So I, I, I've got that gift in me. I know I do because I've seen it in action too many times. But yet, why is it that some just don't receive? Do you know what you believe, what, what the will of God is? Jesus gave us that glimpse. Remember, he said he healed all who were oppressed. And then it says, and God was with him. There's the will of God. If it wasn't the will of God, do you ever think Jesus would have healed anybody that, that God didn't? He said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only hear what I hear my father say. And so he's showing you the perfect will of God, and he healed them all. So... The word of God says, my people perish or, or are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We have to get in the word and find out his will. Find out what he said. And if we don't know what he says, how can we appropriate it? We must understand that this, is, this book has 66 different books in it, 36 different authors. And every one of them were moved on by the power of the Holy Spirit as holy men of old as they wrote it under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And so every word is true. It's all the word of Jesus, the word of God. He said, John 1 says he is the word. So if you, you, you get into that book, you can find out how to appropriate, appropriate what God said about your situation. So my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So I want us to repent for not knowing the word and not knowing God's will in our circumstance. Can you pray a prayer with me? Repeat this after me. Say, Father God, in the almighty name of Jesus, forgive me for not trusting you, for not knowing your will, for not knowing enough of the word to apply it in my situation. I repent. Give me discipline to study and get your word in my heart in Jesus' name. The second barrier is unclean spirits. Matthew 10, 1 said he called his 12 disciples to him and said, I give you power, the King James says. The Greek word there is exousia. He said, I give you the authority to rule and subjugate, to have jurisdiction. I give you the authority to have dominion authority here on earth. That's powerful. He gave that to his disciples. Is that also for us? Everything you read in the Word of God can be applied to you. So I received that this morning, the exousia, the, the authority to rule and subjugate it. And what did he say? He said, I give you the authority to cast out 
unclean spirits. And then he said to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Why would he give it to them when he went around healing, healing them all? Because he knew he wasn't going to be here all the time. He's leaving. He's going to sit at the right hand of God the Father. And not enough people know that he can live in you and be there at the same time. Then verse 7 says, And when you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he said, Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. That's the unclean spirits. He said, Freely you've been given, now freely give. Don't ever go to anybody that charges. Now, I'm not against doctors. Don't misunderstand that word. I'm talking about preachers that say, well, I'll bless you if you send in a, a $100 gift. That's witchcraft. Unclean spirits. So Mark 16 in the Great Commission, he said, these signs shall follow you. Now, now he's giving this to the whole world, not just the disciples. This is the Great Commission. This is for all of us. These signs shall follow them that believe. But you got to believe. There's the key. you got to believe. In my name. Now there's the other key. That's your delegated authority. You must know that first of all, you don't pray a prayer or command anything unless you command it in the name of Jesus. Because you can't do it on your own. So he said, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. There it is again. So he's given us a glimpse. Do you realize the majority, uh, probably a third of the times that Jesus dealt with the sick and the afflicted, he was casting out devils. We miss it in the church because we keep praying for that back problem. Over and over again, over and over again, over and over again when there's a devil of unforgiveness and bitterness involved. We got to learn to go to the root and cast out the unclean spirit. Now, you don't have to have a manifestation when there's a devil involved. Jesus told the, 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 demon, uh, uh, the demonized man in the synagogue who said, I know who thou art. You are the son of the living God. And he, Jesus said, shut up. And he shut up. He didn't say another word. And then he commanded that spirit to leave. He rebuked it. Epitomao. That means, epitomao means he spoke sharply to it and instantly he left. He was, he was free from that spirit. There wasn't any more manifestation. God told me in a dream that when you're working with, in, in, he said, I'm moving you into a time of accelerated deliverance. And when you pray for a congregation of people, you don't have time to go one-on-one -on -one and cast out one devil after another devil after another like Mary Magdalene had seven devils. You don't have time to do that. He said, bind them together as one and command them to leave like he did with the man of Gadara who had a legion of devils. Some say as many as 2,000 to 6,000 devils in one man. If he'd have dealt with them one at a time, you think how long he'd be there. He said, leave. Go. 
they left and went, into, as you know the story, into the swine. But the pigs were smart enough to know they couldn't take that, so they committed suicide, jumped off the cliff. So anyway, when you have, don't be afraid of casting out devils is my point. You don't have to be afraid of them, nor do you have to be afraid of the manifestation. You bind that spirit. The Lord told me in the dream, said, tell him not to manifest in my name. And so I bind them together as one and in the name of Jesus. Command them not to manifest. And then in the name of Jesus, command them to leave. That way nobody's afraid and they don't hit the back door running wide open. <laughs> I've seen that happen. As a matter of fact, I had a Satanist priest come into one of my meetings. And on that Sunday morning, he was sitting everywhere on this side, and I looked over there, and I realized what was going on. He was there to place a curse on me in this church. And um, I got off the pulpit, walked over there toward him, and the Holy Spirit said, don't touch him until he asks for deliverance. I turned around and come back, never told anybody. But that was Sunday morning, Tuesday night. He was in every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. He was one of the first ones in the altar. He's the first one I went to. I walked up to him. I said, why are you here? He said, I, I want deliverance. And that spirit tried to manifest. I commanded him not to manifest. I reached out, put him in a bear hug, and the power of God hit him. Hallelujah. And he was completely delivered. I heard <laughs> Pastor Hank told me afterwards that he was going to the hospital and praying for the sick, and he was checking out of the hospitals. He found a power that was greater than what he had been involved with. You got power over these devils. Are you ready to cast out the spirit of fear? Cast out the spirit of... Uh, <laughs> there's so many of them. Unbelief. Cast out the spirit of... Well, we'll, we'll just stop there. I've had to deal with the spirit of fear. But the Word of God says, Jesus, God said, I have not given you the spirit of fear. So that tells us where it's from. It's from the enemy. And he called it a spirit. We're dealing with fear, trying to get rid of it, and not casting it out of our lives. I'm preaching to myself because I've had episodes of fear. For years, I, every time I went to a service, I was plagued with symptoms and sickness. And I forced myself to go and fight through it. And then the anointed would fall on me and I'd be fine like I am this morning. You don't know it, but my blood pressure went to 221 over 110 last night before we met together. And uh, the enemy trying to discourage me from preaching this message this morning. I'm telling you, I'm feeling all right right now. <laughs> and I say, Lord, if this is the way we're going to go, so be it. Hallelujah. But I'm going to preach this until, until then, until then. So I want to pray and get rid of that spirit of fear. I want to pray and get rid of the diabolical spirit of unbelief that's running rampant in the church. You know you can believe in Jesus Christ and still have unbelief all at the same time? The man with the demonized son that came to Jesus, he said, 
I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Do you want to get rid of this stuff? Let's pray a prayer together. Say, Father God, I come against the spirit of fear, and I command it to leave me now. In the name of Jesus, I will not fear death. I will not fear sickness. I will not fear. In the name of Jesus, spirit of fear, you must leave. And I command you to go now. Spirit of unbelief, you cannot stay. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command faith to arise in my life. And I cast out the spirit of unbelief. In Jesus' name, I am free by the blood of the Lamb of God. Give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number three, there's a spirit of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is one of the greatest tools the devil has in his workshop. He uses it many times to distract and to deprive people of their authority in Christ Jesus. Matthew 6, verse 14. It's the only part of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus reiterates. And he says again, he said, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Oh, that sounds good. But what's the next verse? But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. Now, that's, that's plain as day, folks. So if you're harboring unforgiveness, and the sad thing is there's many of you here today, some statistics say six up to, not not 60, necessarily 62%, but up to 62% because there's no real way of knowing this because most folks don't tell it. But it, what they say is up to 62% of women in America and around the world are victims of sexual molestation. Can you imagine that many of those are victims of incest? It got quiet in this little Presbyterian church, didn't it? <laughs> but don't you want to be free? Yes. See, I pray these prayers myself. I was molested as a 12-year-old boy by a Sunday school teacher. I know what it's like to harbor that for years and years and never tell anyone about it. And now, because I'm free, I can speak plainly about it. That's because my God's so good. Hallelujah. But I want you to be free, ladies. Young men that's been sexually abused, same way with you. Not only is sexual abuse, but there's physical abuse. There's, there's mental abuse. There's all kinds of things in, that we've gone through in life that causes a spirit of unforgiveness. And the, the spirit of unforgiveness puts you in a prison cell and you're spending time for someone else's crime. It's time that we get rid of it. You ready? 
Let's pray. Father God, in the almighty name of Jesus, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to cleanse my life and deliver me right now by the diabolical sin of unforgiveness and bitterness and even self-bitterness, which is self-hatred. I command those spirits to be bound together and leave me now in the almighty name of Jesus. I declare I'm free from the spirit of unforgiveness and I receive the forgiveness of Christ Jesus. I receive his ability to forgive and forget in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Number four, the spirit of trauma. Traumas are wounds, whether physical, mental, or spiritual. I call them soul wounds a lot of times. And there's only one way to get rid of them, is go to Jesus. How many have been traumatized in some way before? You lose a loved one. You, 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 you go through a terrible divorce. You, you're injured. My grandson, his name's Lemuel Davin. He has aspirations to be uh, NBA. He told me just a few weeks ago, he said, Papa, I'll probably be the only one running up and down the court speaking in tongues. <laughs> I said, not if you keep speaking in tongues, somebody will start joining you. Amen. He's been plagued by injuries. They blamed it on Severs disease, which is a bad case of growing pains. He's just 14. He's six foot tall. And he has a gift, a real gift. I at one time was a world-class athlete. I understand what athletes go through. And, um, and so I, underst I understand his desires, his giftings. And the Lord spoke to him, told him he'd give him the desires of his heart. But he's been plagued, traumatized. Been five months out with one injury. And he loves to play basketball. And he, and he couldn't. He couldn't. It's frustrating. One, get, one time after another. One time after another. Over and over and over again. So we're going to break that trauma off of you today. And over the rest of us, because I've gone through trauma, has plagued my life. So you ready to pray? I wrote this prayer out because it's important. Say, Heavenly Father, I purpose and choose to forgive all that hurt me, all that caused trauma in my life, the situation, the environment, in the name of Jesus, I command it to leave me now. I forgive all and ask you to cancel their debts and obligations against me, Lord. 
For Lord, forgive me for any resentment or bitterness that I had toward those that caused the trauma. I release myself from the evil wickedness and the unresolved hatred of bitterness. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I cancel all of Satan's power and authority over me in this memory. I command the trauma that caused the event to leave me now and never return. Holy Spirit, lift the shock and trauma off my nervous system. Heal my synaptic connections. Cleanse my mind from all smells, pictures, sounds, touch and taste, from all physical pain and feelings. I ask that you give me a paradigm shift in my thinking. Change the grooves and the chemical balance in my mind and give me the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Give him a hand clap of praise. Trauma free. Trauma free. I'm trauma free. I'm trauma free. Son, come here, buddy. Will you come here? Put your arms around me. You are free. You are free. You are free. You are free. And I bind you, Satan, and I cancel your assignment on this man of God. I declare him a man of God. He will fulfill his destiny in the almighty name of Jesus. I build a hedge around him to protect him. And I declare the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep his heart and mind in Christ Jesus from this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, buddy. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory to God. Number five, unconfessed sin or secret sin. We all have those. You, those, no, I'm talking about those things you don't want nobody else to know that you've done or have done or are still bound to. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whosoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. How many are ready for mercy? Jesus said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we're cleansed of unrighteousness, what does that make us? Righteous. We are the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that. How he, God, made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin. He knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Now, why does it say might become? Because it's a choice. It's a choice. Hallelujah. That's not in my notes. That's free. I'm sorry if I'm walking out of the 
when I walk around, I don't know if that they're filming or streaming it. Okay, okay, good. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Romans 2.16 in the uh, Living Bible says it this way. The day will surely come when at God's command, Jesus Christ will judge the secret lives of everyone. Their innermost thoughts and motives, and this is all part of God's great plan, which I proclaim. So I want to get rid of that stuff so that when I stand before them, they just won't be there. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. You ready to pray? Yeah. Father God, you know my secret sin. And I confess all known sin and all unknown sin that I've committed. I ask you to cleanse me by the blood of the Lamb of God. Set me free right now in Jesus' name. Help me to be disciplined, to say no to sin and yes to God. In Jesus' name, amen. Number six, the occult. Exodus 23, 24 says, You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. That's talking about idolatry. Deuteronomy 7, 26, Do not bring a detestable thing into your house, or you, like it, will be set apart for destruction. Regard it as vile and utterly detested, for it is set apart for destruction. Quick story. Had a manifestation of a demon in my home. That plagued me because I'd pled the blood over my house and cleansed my house, and I'm wondering how he got in my house. So I told Davon and the kids, I said, well, there's something in this house that shouldn't be here. I want to find it. We all went through the house looking to see what we could find. In the laundry room, under some clothes, there was a package that was never opened that had been sent through the mail to my mother-in-law. She's 95, and she lives with us and still in her right mind and still can drive, if you can believe that. <laughs> and uh, it scares me to death, but she does it, and she's good at it. I'll be honest, I have no reason to be fear fearful but she's she's still what I'm saying is she's still all there and uh, but she didn't know it she'd never opened the package it was a dream catcher if you know what a dream catcher is that's witchcraft that opened the door for that demonic spirit to come in my house I had a, a, a martial arts instructor one time give me a Buddha clock I said I can't put that in my house he said, why not? I said, that's idolatry and that's witchcraft. I can't do that. That's against the word of God. He just said, I didn't know. He just got saved. He didn't know. He didn't know. I led him to the Lord. He didn't know all these things. That's what I'm talking about. We, we're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so I, I took that dream catcher straight to the backyard and built me a fire. And I burnt that thing. I didn't want anybody else to have it. I want to get rid of it. You may have some of those, you know, mission trips are terrible for bringing home symbols and little whatnots and 
idols of other gods that they prayed over and incantations and hexes and vexes they placed on these items to open them up so that when you put it in your home, you're, you're demonized. So you may not believe in all that, and I'm not one to look for a devil under every scrub, but I want you to know I can tell when he's in wrath. I feel it in me. And that girl right there sitting right there and that boy right there knows they both have that same gift. It's been handed down. And they have that ability to sense and know when something's not upright. She's told me in times, individuals, while I was preaching, that were demonized. She... <laughs> So we cast the devil out. That's what we do. Hallelujah. So I'm ready to get rid of this junk. How about you? And let's just, let's just loop this six and seven together. Secret vows and covenants before we pray. Because we're running out of time here. <clears throat> Exodus 23, 32 says, You shall make no covenant with them nor with their gods. It's talking about idolatrous societies. How many of you understand there are secret societies in this world today that you have no idea what your great-great-great-grandfather did and what he was bound to? And nor do I. So I pray these prayers. I call them preventive prayers. I pray them just in case. They were involved in some kind of witchcraft and occultic activity or an idolatry. I want it out of my life. Those kinds of secret vows, uh, you know, like Freemasonry, the Ku Klux Klan, uh, the Illuminati, the Bilberg Group, the Order of Skull and Bones, the Order of Women's Freemasons, the Order of the Eastern Star. You telling me... Some of those groups that probably, probably some of you have been involved in are into witchcraft and idolatry. I am. We've prayed for people that were involved in Freemasonry that were sick and afflicted and, and doctors have said there's no hope and pray that prayer to break that curse off of their life and they were instantly healed, delivered from that mess. The spirit of bitterness is so... Self and self-hatred, self-bitterness. My wife, Davon, she prayed for a girl one day and had six or seven strokes in a row. Her left side was paralyzed. Her face was drawn down. She couldn't use the left side of her face in her 30s like that. And Davon said, we've known that girl since she was 10, 11 years old. And she said to her, I feel like we need to pray spirit of unforgiveness and bitterness off your life. There's something that she said, oh yeah, I got hurt in church when I was a, a kid and I don't trust the church and this kind of stuff. She said, let's pray about it. Prayed a little 60-second prayer. And then she said, I think we need to pray about self-bitterness, that self-hatred. Let's pray. She prayed a little 60-second prayer, 30-second, whatever it was. All of a sudden she said, I can feel my face. We never prayed for healing, but we got to the root cause. And when we got to the root, she was, cold, 
and she started running around the church. That left side was working, working properly. Hallelujah. That's how real this stuff is. Secret vows and covenants, we need to break those things off of our life in the name of Jesus and that in the occultic, whatever Satan tries to bring into your life. So <clears throat> let's renounce and repent of these things. Say this prayer with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I want to serve and love you. If there be any curse in my life or in my family because of my individual sin or my generational sin of Freemasonry or any other occult or cult, Illuminati, Ku Klux Klan, whatever, we bind them all together in the name of Jesus Christ and cast them out of our life right now. I'm free from every secret vow and covenant. I'm free from every incantation and witchcraft of the, of the occult. In the name of Jesus, right now, I'm cleansed by the blood of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Give him a praise. You can do better than that. Hallelujah. Almost done. Say number eight. You know what the numerical value is number eight is, don't you? New beginnings. New beginnings. Here's where we're going to get our new beginning. A lot of folks that have barriers in their life to their healing is because they're living under a curse. And they don't realize it. So we want to break that off of you. Hexes, vexes, channeling. Some of you go into massage therapists and you never ask what kind of massage you receive. You just want to get one. And if they start channeling over you, you're opening yourself up to witchcraft. And they'll, there's some of them called healing touch and healing hands. And, and they'll, they'll lay them and they'll not even have not even touch you but they're releasing a familiar spirit in from their life into yours that'll give you some a remedy from the symptoms you're going through and make you think that you were healed and then all of a sudden you'll get worse have to keep going back and over and over again it's a cyclative thing that's what the enemy wants how do you know you're under a curse mental and emotional breakdowns Repeated and chronic sicknesses and diseases or even hereditary ones. You know the kind that go from generation to generation. In my family, diabetes and heart problems have, have plagued our family. I've worked on that, breaking that off of myself and my life. They told me I was diabetic, put me on medicine. And I started breaking this thing off of my life. And today... I have no diabetes. Hallelujah. Don't have to worry about that. Hallelujah. Because where is the sin? And uh, so chronic sickness, generational sickness, barrenness, repeated miscarriages or female problems, breakdown of family and marriage, the spirit of poverty and financial lack, accident prone, Suicides, unnatural or premature death in the family, 
These things are all glimpses that you might be under a curse. And there's many more. But those are some that will shake you. And now what I want you to do is say, Holy Spirit, teach me what's in my life that I need to cast out in Jesus' name. And now he'll do that, whether it's through a dream or a vision or by reading the word. He'll show you areas of your life that you need to cleanse. And he's still doing it with me after 71 years. Hallelujah. He's still doing it with me. Every, almost every week I see something else I need to pray about. And so it's, it's always it's an ongoing thing. Now, there's good news. You don't have to live under a curse. But you must appropriate what this book says you can do. It's not going... You receive salvation eternally when you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. But that doesn't stop the generational curse of diabetes going down to your children. Not until you say, Lord, I found out what your word said about it. And now I'm applying it in Jesus' name. And in Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. He hung on that tree for me. And I got news for you. If you were to have been the only one here, he'd have hung on that tree just for you. And so you don't have to be bound to the curse anymore. But you got to know what he said about it before you can receive it. Now that's called appropriation. One of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible, and I memorized it in the, uh, the, new, uh, the Passion Translation because I love the way it said it. Colossians 2.14. It said, Jesus, listen to this, canceled every, every violation I had on my record. Even the old arrest warrant that stood to indict me. He erased it all. My sin, my stained soul, he deleted it all. He deleted it all. And it cannot be retrieved. Everything. Now listen, listen here comes the generational part. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross. Hallelujah. And nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Isn't that awesome? It's canceled if we believe it. You ready to pray? I am. Father God, in the almighty name of Jesus, I thank you for who you are in my life. I thank you that you've redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us. Because you took our curse, we do not have to live under a curse. We can now live under your blessings. Right now, Lord Jesus, in your holy name, I release myself and my family from every curse. I claim the blessings that you promised when you said, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen unto the glory of God by us. You also said, you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless my food and water 
and take sickness away from the midst of me. You said no one would suffer miscarriage nor be barren in my family. And in the name of Jesus, you continued by saying, I will fulfill the number of your days. In the name of Jesus, we declare, be it unto us according to your word. I and my family desire to fulfill our destinies. Now I ask you to cleanse my life and my bloodline with the blood of Jesus Christ. I repent of all known and unknown iniquity, transgression, and sin in my life. And I confess the iniquity of my ancestors all the way back to Adam. I declare and decree my family and I are free from every curse of witchcraft, from every word curse, from every generational curse. And yes, the curse of sin and death in Jesus' name. For the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free. Hallelujah. Give him a hand clap off of his breath. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to stand if you would.